Hi there, I'm Ruth Parker from Alexander Associates and I'm delighted to be able to bring you the second in our series of podcasts highlighting the careers of successful women in engineering with our She's an Engineer campaign. In this episode, I'm speaking to Chelvi Narva, who has carved a successful career in engineering and is now an educational writer striving to encourage the young people of today to consider engineering as a career. I'd like to start, Ruth, with saying that going to work as a contract engineer was a very significant part of me navigating some of the um, uh, bumps in the road as, as, as a parent, probably more as a single parent yeah. um, than as a woman, or many women find themselves having to take the main carer um, role. And what I was finding at, around the time you found me was that I wasn't working in the roles I was um, qualified and experienced to do. Um, and if I did find those roles, it was very difficult to get any flexibility. Yeah. You know, I had Which to... you needed because Krish was... Yeah, he was really young. I mean, that by the time I went into contracting, he was already 10, so I'd been struggling with it for many years. Yeah. In fact, I'd gone overseas and worked because, believe it or not, it was easier to do that than try and work here in the UK with yeah. the lack of childcare at that time and, yeah. and things like that. But uh, no, I, I mean, I, it was really, um, really important to me to have that flexibility, the ability to choose, you know, what role I'm going to do, you know, and, and you were, you know, Alexandra Associates were, were key to that because you got me into the right places. It wasn't a waste of my time, wasn't a waste of their time. You know, they knew what they were getting. I could tell them what I wanted to do. And on a project by project basis, we fulfilled each other's needs and yeah and you might remember that remember i said i only work, want to work four days a week do you remember that yep and and nobody worked four days a week at the <laughs> no, time it was no. you know highly unusual but but that, you didn't skip a beat no you didn't say oh no i can't do that you know you didn't skip a beat at that time and you found me those yeah. roles and it was it was a beginning of a wonderful relationship and friendship yeah absolutely <laughs> and i think that's the thing that i very early in my career when I was placing engineers that I was so surprised that there weren't more women doing contract engineering because when you return to the workplace if you've got a baby or you're a carer or there's so many other roles especially that women play in society mm. that actually contract work can really be a way that you can you can have that work-life balance before anyone was talking about work-life balance yes um, and that's why I think I was so surprised um, when I looked at engineering that I there was probably three female engineers that I was working with at the time, mm. um, and and that's the other reason we wanted to do these videos is I was saying in um, the last interview with Kat that now I know about engineering I would have loved to have been an engineer but I've said this to you but yeah. I was told I wasn't very good at math so you're not technical so forget it you well, know go and do something else that's a myth we've got to bust yeah yeah, yeah. so you're uh, you grew up in Kuala Lumpur, That's so you right, went to school yeah. in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. and engineering isn't talked about at a junior school level, forget senior school level. What's it like in Kuala Lumpur? Is it different? Well, you, when I'm talking about my school age, we're talking about a long, long time ago. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'll be 60 next year. So when I was in school, there weren't the career days and things that... Um, we've had for the last 20 30 years yeah here. but i think 
the difference and 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 I and I've I've been questioning myself on this that why is it that I've worked in the UK I've worked in Europe I've worked in Southeast Asia I find the least I find the least number of women colleagues when I'm working in the UK yeah and why is that yeah. you know I mean um we weren't encouraged to go into engineering at school but I think the difference was we weren't it was we it wasn't silent like here i think there's almost um I, i know it's improving but there's almost a a default option of omission yeah we we don't yeah. talk about physical sciences in in when you're in um though they do things like measuring stuff and that we don't actually talk push it a bit further and talk about actual physical sciences like force and gravity and, and they do stress. that in you, when you were at school you were you were exposed to that kind of world before you even realized you were yeah i think right. that it, i'm not sure that it was school so much as i i had a very unusual um upbringing i i lived in amongst the university quarters so i was right. surrounded okay. by right. professionals my dad was a civil engineer my yeah. mom was a maths teacher but it wasn't about engineering it was about you could do anything anything you know whatever your imagination it, there was no no go areas you were pigeonholed no you were absolutely you're going to do this you're going to do that okay yeah and it, and that's probably why to this day i have i well i get ruffled if someone tries to put me in a in a in a box yeah. um or pigeonhole me because i'm not that even now you know when people say oh you're a structural engineer you know what are you doing doing rail or bridges i'm like piece of concrete or steel doesn't know it's in a bridge or a building or in a dam you know um so it's irrelevant and and I've worked with aeronautical engineers on the same project doing the same thing yeah it, it's all about training the mind and and having an a, a different way of thinking um and it absolutely can be learned yeah. and you know some people have a natural uh, kin for it but um I think it's quite important to say you know people say oh you know Chelvy you know, structural engineering It wasn't what I wanted to do when I was young. What did you want to do? Well, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. And so um, what changed? Well, what changed was I think I mean I was and then I, by 12 I wanted to be a surgeon, you know, absolutely. And um I do remember though there was a there was a bit of a, you know, special moment when I was 10 and we were traveling around um Europe by train and we were going through these remote places in Austria and I saw these beautiful bridges yeah in the midst of these you know remote surroundings you know linking communities that would otherwise be completely um, isolated yeah. and I was only 10 but something I was pretty awestruck by the nature but also by the human the human spirit the human endeavor and that stuck with me for a long yeah. time and so later on in life when it came to um you know uh going to university circumstances conspired that i couldn't do a five year course and i was a foreign student my parents said sorry we've we've got your my brother doing architecture which was five years we can't really aff- afford well, another, another five, five year years course, yeah yeah and then it was a case of well, what do you want to do in in three years <laughs> you know and um when i said engineering my father almost fell off his chair you know because he was a civil engineer and though I traipsed around with him to some of the sites because even though he was a professor he still did consulting yeah i'd never shown a massive sort of you know i'm going to follow in their footsteps yeah yeah so yeah. he was really surprised but he never said i mean he's a sri lankan man of a certain age of a certain generation he never said oh it's not for girls right he never said that 
you know did you have um friends that had were pigeonholed or was it just not something that is done so much it just i think again i i was very um in a very special circumstance with yeah. a lot of open-minded people um who who didn't do that but just step outside that circle and yes there were so many um um sort of pigeonholes yeah. like but even sometimes at school so school i was considered a science um subject a right. child yeah and when i wanted to write for the school newspaper i was sort of like but you're a science child you know yes and oh boy did i try and roil against that you know another yeah. pigeonhole um and and as you know you know i love writing and i've been writing all my life pretty yeah. much um and and i don't know why people have this idea that if you do something well and then you want to do something else you must have failed at that other thing that you know that why is that 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 yes. mindset we put so many invisible walls around ourselves around our children and that's what we need to stop doing yeah you know stop presuming for other people i mean this this goes to diversity like don't assume that that person might not want to do that because she has children or because yes. he has um a, a different ability in certain things you know yeah. ask offer let's see you know let's work together i mean that yeah. that's what on all fronts of life i i guess that's what we got to do because we all grow up with with unconscious sort of assumptions yes. and we just need to start challenging them I yeah think. so 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 when i went to southampton you know i i i didn't have double mats you know most people say oh you do engineering you need double mats yeah. you know i had a principal maths i did physics chemistry biology and english for my for my a levels and um a university of southampton very good university deigned to take me in but i remember my first day sitting amongst people who had done double maths physics chemistry they had a stars and turned down cambridge oxford and imperial and i thought god you know <laughs> but then i met a couple of other people who had d's and e's in yeah. in those subjects as well so i thought that's great this yeah. is just we're in so it's up to us from now now and um admittedly the first year maths i struggled i struggled with it i mean yeah. the others would laugh and do the papers and get a's and i would chunder my way through it and and pass yeah but at the end of that degree um i graduated with a first class honors and i graduated at the top of my class amazing so and how many um was it the mixture between ah. um men and women in your in my class in your class so that was southampton i think we must have had so this was 1980 was my intake <laughs> really showing my age um um so there was about 40 students 30 yeah. 8 40 there were four girls Wow. Four. So and one of them was like an exchange student from um now I can't remember if it was US or Canada. She, um I think her name was Lauralyn, Lauralyn. She she was only there for that like the year, but then right. there was and then it was three of you. Three of us, yeah. And so when you you did your degree, you left university, mm. you got your first job as a graduate. Yeah. And the reality of walking in and mm. doing the job um and with the people that you were working with how different was it from what you had thought like the reality of the mm. job the reality of doing it you know how were you treated 
differently because you were a woman as going in at that level at the time no no I was just going in I was a graduate same as everybody else we were all treated the same or was it quite obvious from yeah almost day one that there were these challenges that you were going to face because you are you're a woman and you weren't going to face it because you're a man well again mine was a bit different because I I my first job um, was for a, a British company but it was in Singapore right okay and um I think um, uh, you had to have an employment pass. I had to have an employment pass to work in, in Singapore. And I just, you know, I always, I, I'm sort of fearless. I was brought up fearless. And so I always go into things not expecting problems. Right. Um, which doesn't mean problems didn't happen or exist. But in, in what I find in the East, uh, and I found it there, and I found it several times when I've gone back, is they look at you with a bit of like, hmm, you know, but once you've proven yourself technically, yeah, that's it. That's okay. it. Doesn't okay. matter, male, female, purple, pink, yeah. whatever. You know, that's it. And and you're judged on your technical ability, yeah, which is exactly what that's it what we be. want. Absolutely. That's what all of us want. Absolutely. And you're still. I mean, I like being treated like a lady. So you know, you know, the Chinese culture when you go for a meal, then the men will serve you. I love it. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and so there wasn't an issue. Yeah, with whereas you know, I mean, I remember when I was at Southampton, I was carrying survey equipment, you know, quite heavy survey equipment, and the person ahead of me um, let the door slam on me and said, "Well, you know, you're a woman, you want equality, don't you?" Yeah. So um, not understanding at all what equality is there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that and that's you know, I mean, yes. I think it's going away, but um, I'm sure it raises its head sometime. Well, I, yeah, just to stick on that. Is it because is it going away? I guess that's what this is about, isn't it? It's so yeah. you've then you've worked in um, the UK a lot now. Yeah. So challenges in the UK that you have faced. So interesting though. I just want to tell you that when I was in Singapore and I, and I've had this issue when I was young. You said no holds barred. Let's talk about this. I yeah. used to have really painful periods. Really painful yeah. periods. There would be three days of every month that I just could not bedridden yeah no. I used to miss yeah. university Which lectures so many women yeah. face and have to struggle on regardless so you know I had registered dysmenorrhea you know I was you know taking paracetamols or you know more and uh, um, you know I remember going to the doctors at the at, at the university they suggested I went on the pill to help with those yeah. things but I knew my parents would absolutely go berserk because yeah. they they were culturally, very traditional not, culturally yeah. that was not acceptable yeah. Yeah. so you know three days every month I would miss lectures and my friends would just you know I'd say just open the door and throw me a piece of bread <laughs> you know, so I, I was literally yeah. and it continued when I was working and I was I was petrified mm. that you know something would I would lose my job yeah. because of it and, and and I used to many times have to take you know paracetamol and go to work and you're so knocked out because they're so you know I took so many on of strong, them on strong painkillers yeah but I, there were times I couldn't go yeah but the rest of the time I worked really hard I worked really well I got a company scholarship to 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 come and do my masters here right and that was because I had an enlightened um, senior engineer I mean he was he was the project engineer he was principal uh, he's still my mentor lovely man Sati and just before I left to come to do the masters he said to me now he's British um, born and brought up in West Africa or right. East Africa Sati sorry but um, he, he pulled me aside and he said um, 
you will find racism in England. He said, it's different. He said, you know how a, a, how a, um, a, an ant can walk over a stone, a thousand or a series of ants and form a groove? That's the sort of racism you get in England, you know. And he said, and did just you find be aware that? of it. Did you? Uh, you yeah. did. I mean, when I came here, it, I did find that. But again, I'm, I'm a very resilient person. And some of the things that I think my generation laugh off, yes. the current generation is not willing to. Yeah. And I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong, you know. But, you know, I've had that thing about um, I've been sitting in the in the uh, drawing office, you know, and the the the. the you know, this is like when we had drawing boards mm -hmm. and that, and people have said, oh, I guess you'll be curry again tonight at your house, Chelvie, you know. So how did you react to that? So I said, no, actually, I'd hardly ever cook curry. Did you? Yeah. So you, and and your, this was... So this was, again, probably the late at the 80s. At the start of your career, you yeah, were brave enough young. to challenge that. Yeah, yeah. Because, because a lot of people won't. No. They just, you know, you've, we were talking with Kat earlier and mm. she was saying that a lot of the time she would adapt the way that she was to fit in, so then mm. she wasn't true to self, and so it's how you deal with those things emotionally. Yeah. That, and so did you also face, um, because you were a woman, was yeah. there also that level as well? Well, I mean, on practical level, I mean, uh, and I still see people writing about this on LinkedIn. I remember going to site, uh, yeah. and um, we were uh, clearing an old burial site to, to do a deep basement, and. You know, so there was like exhumation of of bodies. Some of them were, I mean, there's hundreds of years old, so there's nothing left, except right, okay. if you came across a lead-lined one, which then it could that be pretty person in, <laughs> in there. But I remember I was taking measurements for the, the clock tower that we were retaining. So I had to get over there to do the measurements, and I had to walk across this mire. They never had my size of boots then, because then it used to be... The contractors used to supply right. the consultants with with boots, and uh, they never had my size, so I had to wear two or three pairs, um, like welly things, on top of my shoes because they couldn't did not have my size in sight boots, and I started this journey across this mire of stuff, slowly sinking as I went. In my head, you know, imagining hands coming up, you know, getting dragging me down, getting really freaked out. And in the end, I couldn't move. Like, it was, I was stuck in there. And if I moved my foot, my foot would come out of the boot. To to my great dismay, these two lovely navvies came up and hoiked me up <laughs> and walked me across. Now, that, that was, again, I think that must have been about 89, 90. To this day, I believe there is still a problem of having women-sized Sight boots. I still see it on LinkedIn. How many years later? That's crazy. Why? I mean, I actually have my yeah, own. So just pair. those little practical things. That, yeah, yeah. You know, companies can easily rectify yeah. to make women feel as though they are included exactly. and they belong on site, and it is a job that they can do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny thing that they could do so yeah. easily. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, you know, in the end, as a structural engineer, the the, the path I chose, I didn't have to go to site often that's another sort of common belief that it's all muck and bullets and you know yeah. you know you've got to be you know lift weights and you know drink yards of ale to be part of the team that's look at me <laughs> you know I, I might be able to lift some weights but you know don't particularly like beer but um yeah no it's it's uh, I've been a consultant most of my life yeah. the last sort of uh six seven years I've 
gone over to contracting as in sort of working for contractors, contractors yes. yes and it's and and it's lovely to see sometimes um more women in 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 as contractors than in consultancy sometimes yeah. but the numbers have improved i mean i i'd, I'd have said it would have possibly around 10 12 percent when i joined and but now it's still only 16 percent yes 16 percent that's just not good enough it's not good enough and and companies are working towards 50 percent, which is absolutely brilliant targets where mm. it needs to be mm. but it's companies that need to make changes and and in order to attract women and to keep them in the business um and one of the things that we were we asked before we asked to cat is you've worked with different engineering consultancies and contractors and is there something that you that a company's done that you particularly thought that's such a good idea that really helped mm. or equally is there something that somebody really hasn't done and you thought come on this is just so easy yeah. stuff I, a lot, lot of the setbacks I felt probably, um, I mean, was it about being a woman? I mean, definitely to get my chartership, um, I just couldn't get my one year on site through the company I was with. Right. Every time I went to see the training guy who, who was very near retirement, he'd say something like, well, I've got to find the right site for a little Indian girl like you. Okay. All right. Don't assume. You know, I say, John, just get me on site. I yeah, want to get chartered. I don't mind. Yeah. So just that put me anywhere. So that and was. Yeah. Did you sorry. see men asking the same question and well, off you go. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Everybody so this, this was a direct. Direct. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was voted the person most likely to get chartered first when I left university, but I was behind everyone. Right. So I'd got all my design experience, but I just couldn't get. And at that time, ICE had a was quite the didactic scheme that you had to do yes. this. Things have changed, they're more flexible now. I yes, they say. have got better. Yeah, but um, so that's was my first workaround. I've had to do workarounds in my career. That's definitely a common thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's we what we're hearing to. time and time and time again is, yeah, the you know, maneuvering round yeah. a situation to get yeah. what you want because you're... Yeah, you're I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do that first. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is that because it's a brick wall. Yeah. And then I do my work around because I don't want to get a sore head, you know. And I went the structural engineering route, which is just as rigorous, but they acknowledge that you can accrue your site experience. Right, rather than having to go and do a year. Yeah. So, so you really did find a workaround. Yeah, I did. And yeah. I got chartered uh, through the ISTRA T first yeah. time. And that's why to today I'm a fellow of the Institute of Structural Engineers. Yeah. Um, but... um. That was perhaps the most direct woman thing. Now, after that, um, I mean, I mean, I had a pretty good trajectory in my career, yeah. having done that work around. But after that, the next stumbling block, and this was a big one, was becoming a, a parent and then yes. very quickly a single parent. Yeah. And most of those, I don't know whether it would have been different for a single man. I, I think they would have still found some issues. And that was trying to get that flexibility of work and things that was, you know. And... Um, it's all, it was almost at the time that you couldn't do both roles. Yeah. You could either have a career yeah. or you could be a parent. Yeah. And there wasn't a way for the two to work together. Um, that's probably one of the positives coming out of COVID, to be honest, is that work-life balance a bit more. But yeah. at the time when we first started off. working together, I, yeah, yeah. you know, the challenge was finding, okay, well, you need a four-day week. You need yeah. this, you need that. Let's, let's find yeah. a company. I mean, there was one company, uh, I'm not going to name anyone, but, you know, I mean... I 
again hit that so in around 97 I hit that thing where I was a senior engineer earning well I could pay my mortgage but my son's childcare was costing me as much as my mortgage yeah and then one day the fridge broke down and I couldn't afford to buy a fridge yeah and I'm thinking there's something wrong with this picture yeah you know so I actually hoiked myself off back to Malaysia where I knew I could buy in the childcare I needed yeah. to work at the level I knew I could work, which is managing a structures division in a company. It's, it sounds sad, and I didn't see as much of my son as, as um, well, actually, that's not actually true. I, I probably saw him as much as I, I saw him in, in England because he had to go to a breakfast club yeah. before school and an after-school club after school. I yeah. mean, he spent his time with strangers more than he did with me, Yeah, you know, and... <laughs> And yes, I do suffer that mum guilt, that the parent guilt that we yeah. all working mothers do. Um, but and and then but then we had to come back. You know, he missed his dad. We came back after three years, and then I found the same situation again. I just wasn't getting the roles. Yeah. I remember one company offered me a role, saying, "We've got this problem. You sort out this problematic project, you know, and six months we'll talk again about you know, you know, it was things like that." Yeah. And, and I did. I turned that project around within four months, and I I said. Look, so what about this, you know, you know, can yeah. we talk about a raise salary and yeah. that? And, and the person who was acting director at the time said, oh, come outside while I have a fag. This is when people could still have fags, you know. And he lit his fag and he said to me, let's be honest, you're not going to get a promotion until your son's at least 14, you know. And I said, oh, and, just you know, why is that? I said, they said, oh, well, you know, I can't ask you to go to a breakfast meeting uh, or, you know, if you've got to go down. So you're overlooked for promotion well not just overlooked I've put just aside yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. or yeah. Um, or you've got to do a tunnel walk I said first of all how often do we do tunnel walks yeah and two is if it is really important to have a breakfast meeting if you give me some notice I can get myself organized yeah. to do it yeah but this just sounds like obstacles to me that they're yeah. not reality you know and and that's when I seriously started thinking I need to work contract yeah you know and and I did try one other permanent role after that but you know again I came across the same sort of issues yeah um so so that was a, a company getting it spectacularly wrong yes in fact the one of the managing directors later realized and he actually had a conversation with me saying well you know are you going to take us to court yes you know and when I didn't answer, went on to say, well, you know, you know, you'll probably get blackballed and all the rest of it. So it was more of a threat than a real question. No, we're really sorry. <laughs> we got it so wrong. Yeah. Let's sort it out. It was a don't do this to us because you won't work again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah, so that's a company that got it spectacularly wrong. Yeah. Um, there were other companies that were very ahead of their time and tried. I remember there was a company... They, they were trying to seduce me away from where I was I was I was lecturing at university and I'd done some work with them in the summer and they said please please you know come work for us and I said I can't you know but and so this was probably about 95 96 they actually paid for my son's um, nursery yeah which at that time the government hadn't come up with the nursery scheme yeah um, paid for my son's nursery Fit, figured it out so I could work from home one day a week on a dial-up, you know, one of those old 
ding, 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 yeah. you know, um, one day a week from there, so on a Wednesday, so I could, you know, in between. Pick up from school, drop yeah, from school. Yeah, and then yeah. cook a hot meal, yeah. you know, and they'll put the washing on or whatever, so that the weekends weren't just doing those chores. I could yeah. actually spend some quality time with him. Yeah. And um, they were marvellous, you know, but they were up in Baker Street, and, and I remember, you know, having to literally shove my son into the nursery, run to get to the train. train and then being in tears on the tube when the tube was stuck and not moving knowing yeah. I was going to be late for him yeah um but they were forward thinking but the rest of the team you have to have a team that's willing to yes. work with you as well that, and that's the other thing isn't it is getting it through the business yeah um you know that another that's the other thing we talk about cl to clients about mm. is you know, people will look at your management structure. So, you know, on your board, mm. is that is there women that are represented on your board? Mm. Um, is the diversity represented on your board? Mm. And then in your management structure, does it filter down through the company? Because if it doesn't, yeah, actually, you're going to be looked at. Well, why are you coming in the door 15 minutes late? Yeah. Well, because actually, what I've had to go through this morning yeah. to get into work is this. Yeah. What did you do? You know, you closed the front door, and that was it. And it, it, yeah. and it is so true. If it's not within a company culture. It's, it's so important. It's, it's got so to be right, important. right the way through. Yeah. And you know, I, I had to leave on the dot of five those days. I was in the office, and yeah. inevitably there would be one senior person who would come to my desk at quarter to five and say he has to speak to me. Though he, you know, you could see him swanning around the rest of the day. And I said, you know, I have to leave at this time, and you know, and he absolutely made it very difficult. And then on the days I worked from home, would phone me at ten o'clock at night. Mm. And these were days when we had the old sort of dream, dream phones that would wake up my, yeah. you know, sleeping three-year-old. Yeah. Um, and, and when I said, why are you calling me at 10 o'clock? Well, you're working from home, aren't you? Not at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So even when, even when um, you know, some of the company directors and top people yeah. said, we'll do some, anything for the right person, what yeah. they felt was the right person, you know that there was the company culture sure. yeah and yeah. it was actually soon after that that i decided to go off to malaysia for the first three years yeah which is it seems such a drastic move doesn't it you can absolutely yeah. see why yeah. you had to do it yeah so then so now yes you are you've had your successful career amazing structural engineer worked on these different Thank projects you. yeah and now you are doing what well so so you know i i i was some of my most fun projects were when i was working contract yeah you know i was traveling more and yeah. my son was a bit older you know when i when i went contract he was actually 10 and i but i continued working contract until towards the end of 2014 you know i was you know that if there's any myth about you can't lead projects being contract, that's you know it's absolutely wrong. Absolutely. You know what I led. You know I was design lead, you yes. know, multidisciplinary design lead yeah. on some of the major projects. And in fact, one of them you worked just around here. Yes, I did absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's. Um, then I decided I wanted to give back, and I sort of convinced myself that the way to do that was to go back and join a company. And you know, I'd been training people in companies even when I was contract, but I'd go back to sort yeah. of mentoring training and. And I rejoined a, a, a very good consultancy who, in fact, were my first employers um, when I came out of university. And, yeah, I had I had a great time then. But then a different kind of um, caretaker role opened up for me because I was I, I joined when I was 51. And about within a couple of years, both my parents became quite frail and they'd been living on their own in Sri Lanka. Right. And 
they were getting to the point where they couldn't manage on yeah. their own, you know. And in fact, my dad, who was such a independent, strong person, actually had rung my brother and said, can't cope. So, you know, my brother and I were phoning and saying, look, what you know. Do? You know, I said, I'll go over. And, and my brother lives in Singapore. And he said, well, you'll go over, but you'll have to leave in two weeks. And they'll never come back with you to the UK because it's just too bloody cold. You yes. know what I mean? You know, they got yeah. to a certain age and they yeah. just couldn't tolerate the cold. And um, so, you know, the decision was made that they'd go to live with my brother in Singapore. And, and I just thought, well, I can't just sit back over here. I've got yeah. to be... I mean, near to be involved. It, yeah, and, yeah, and the company I was working for had an office in Singapore, right. you know, and and um, you know I sort of talked to them about it, and it was like, oh well, if you go out there within six months, you have to go on a on a local basis, and I was coming up to you know I have to start thinking about retirement, and having been a single mum, you know, I sort of done a pension, but I didn't have a nice fat. Yeah. pension that came from you know having being able to work without any issues or doing yeah. workarounds yeah you know so i didn't have that not lovely Big nest egg sitting yeah, there that yeah. you could just so i i yeah and then i was going for my fi strat t at the time as well uh only because i'd received a letter saying oh you've been a member for 25 years and i thought oh i better do something about that so uh, i was in touch with my old men you know my mentor the the person who um sort of I'm sure it was him who put me up for the scholarship, but anyway, right. it's not easy to find FI structures, and you need two FI structures to sign off on right. your thing. So I've been in touch with him, and he was working out in in Malaysia, and he said to me, "Come and work with me," you know. And I said, "I said no." I told him all the same things I told my company. He said, "Oh no, no, you won't have to worry about that. You won't be worse off, you know. And why should I be worse off, you know?" Absolutely. He said, "You won't be worse off." Yeah. And it wasn't in the same country, but it was an hour's flight away. Right. So much better. Yeah. And 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 I still went back to this company and said, I don't really want to lose, you know, I would, um, can I have a sabbatical? No. And I, what was the reasons why you couldn't have a sabbatical? Well, you're a director. We can't have a director going off on a sabbatical. Why? Did, was there anything more than just it was your job title? No, nothing, okay. nothing really, really offered. Um, and I'm sure a lot of women in senior positions are coming across this. You know, they, they have to, they've had to care for their children if they had children. Yes. Or even if they didn't, they now have to care for their parents. Yeah. Um, men might find that as well. Yeah. Um, Although the carer roles, all the statistics show mm. that carers, the vast majority of carers in this country are female. They're women. Mm. So it's women that are taking on those roles. Mm. And again, it is, it's so important that companies learn how to help people fulfill those roles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which whoever you were working for didn't do that very well. No. no. So I had to resign. So yeah. again, though it was a workaround, I mean, it, 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 I, and again, and I'm saying this openly, when I resi resigned, I was, so that was, um, I think I was 54, just before my 54th birthday. And I knew, and I, and, I, and I knew coming back and looking for a job was going to be difficult. Yeah. Because be we have ageism in the UK. Yeah. We do. And it's one of the isms that we don't talk much about. But, and I knew that, but I thought, well, if I don't do this, I'm, I might regret it. Yes. And I went out to start that job in June my dad passed away in August. Yeah. 
And I am so glad. Yeah, that you I, took that decision. Yeah. yeah. I saw him every weekend before that day where he passed away. In fact, I was, yeah. Um, and it was absolutely the right thing to do. And totally. then to be there to support my mum as she, you know, went through it. I think there are so many times that you, we put work and other things ahead of our families just because that's what you do. Mm. That's how you're... Um, I don't. I, there's something about our culture here that mm. this is what we do: is it's work, work, and it's the work will save you. Work will see you through. Um, yeah. We're talking about people coming back from maternity leave, and just focus on work, and you'll forget the child's at home. You know, no, that that's that's just not the reality. Yeah. That's what we have. What we're forcing ourselves to do would be better if there were ways that we can that can be managed. Um, rather than you just have to force yourself, yeah. um, you know, to I'm going to go back to work and I'll just forget the child at home yeah. and I'll just carry on with what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's, um, you so, know, that's, you would have lived with that regret if you hadn't done that. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. And, I, and when I came back, and, and I'm now at the point in my life where I, I've worked hard, I've done the workarounds, I've, I've had a successful career, and I'm not going to take any more. No. You know, so if it's not right for me, I'm not going to no, not going to go it. there, not going to stay yeah. there. Yeah, and and I found that I still wanted to give back, and this is what I'm doing right now, along the brown. So my way of giving back is looking at the issues we have in engineering. Yes, and the biggest issue is we don't have enough engineers. Yeah, we do not have enough engineers. So even when if you want to have fifty fifty, you have to have the pool of people of Absolutely. women or other diverse. You know, we need the people. Yes. And we don't have enough people going into engineering. We don't have, we, we have too many people leaving engineering. Mm -hmm. And so there's not enough people going into engineering, I think has to be looked at, not just at secondary and not just, you know, uh, at university open days. It needs to be looked at much younger than that. Yeah. So, so these three, so I've, given myself a project which I've called Engineering Everyone and um, because engineering affects everyone's lives one way or another. Well, we've talked about it that people don't even realise that maybe if they looked around um, just the community in which they live where engineering is like yeah. it's not just about the buildings um, you know some people it's obvious obviously engineering railway you hear about high speed two all the time so yeah. everyone knows that's a big engineering project yeah. but just everything around you um, you know every you know what the bus goes on or the cycle lanes or the school that you go to or the hospital that you go to everything has an infrastructure yeah. and engineering is in your everyday life yeah. but it's still not something that people see in their everyday life even though no, it's right I mean, in front it's of it's one them. of those things that we we take for granted like, yeah you know being able to flush the toilet yeah <laughs> turn the tap on exactly and there's drinking water yeah you know those things as fundamental things that when we watch on television saying oh so and so has to walk to get water we see it as a third world problem yeah but it would very quickly become a first world problem if we didn't have that infrastructure yes and we and we have an aging infrastructure so we need to be working on that yeah so yeah so so i've got my three objectives of, of educating the public of of uh, trying to support engineers and that's where i think very much you you guys come in you yeah. know because um either when I was a client interviewing people from you or when I was myself going to work, I didn't have the time to waste. No. You know, and you, you put the match the right people together. And that's why you're, uh, m my understanding of why you're doing this as well, because you're shopping from an ever-decreasing pool mm -hmm. of, of resource. Yeah. And clients. 
yeah. uh, also shopping from an evidence and so makes sense to work together yeah um, and uh, I have been looking for people to align with and, um, and there are you know they're obviously the, the institutions but they tend to concentrate on the universities and um, engineering UK do a lot of good work but they also tend to work in, in secondary schools yes and I've only just now found out about primary engineers who go in and teach at nursery level and primary school yes. level so I'm really pleased to That's be so exciting yeah to be working with them and and you and I want to do something for our local schools in Surrey yes. so yeah so um, and my bit as a structural engineer I mean I think we need to start introducing the language of engineering to, to kids. I mean, they're pushing things and going, Nino, you know, um, so they're aware about firemen and, and you know, um, even doctors. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I had a little doctor's yeah, yeah. when I was two or three or whatever. But you, you very rarely see something to do with engineering. I mean, it might be Bob the Builder. Uh, that's a very narrow sort of, yep. sort of um, uh, aspect to it. So I want to start... It's a good male role model in Bob the Builder. Yeah. But this is about engineering yeah. for everybody, and that's that's the other thing. Yeah. There aren't these. I think the there's that the Dora the Explorer who's yes. great. Yeah. But, but you know, and then that's great. Bring some science. Yeah. But I think some of the physical sciences don't get talked about. Things like things that kids experience every day, like mm -hmm. falling over. Why do you fall over? Yeah. You know. You know what? All these kind of things. And I, and and when I say oh, let's start talking about force, compression, and tension, you know, you immediately get people sort of oh, that's a bit complex, isn't it? I, well, no, not really. They're just words. Yes. That if you introduce children too early, they begin to use them. Yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't matter if they get them wrong or right. Just get them using them. Yes. And, yeah. So I've 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 taken a series of lectures that I used to give to architects when I was lecturing at South Bank and simplified them even further that the lectures were called the language of structures so i've kept the same name but it's actually more physical science yeah and the first three books are aimed at kids in nursery foundation level key stage one and it's about force it's about tension and compression yeah um and and how do they come across it you know tension they get pulled you know i want to play you know i want to play you know they, they putting it that. into their everyday life so they yeah. can recognize and it is yes it's about introducing them to that language yeah, yeah. because most ignorance if I, it's a big word but most ignorance comes from not understanding context or language so if you start with language and then people just see that as part of the everyday i think this kind of um um absence by omission will go away so I think that's what it is. I yeah. don't think it's an it's a bias against. It's just an absence by omission. Yeah. You know. So it's a big aim, but you've got to start somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, so these the language of structures books are the first um first three are out and I intend so the next few will which will be about stress and support. Yeah. Um will be maybe key stage two, key stage three, and then the last few will lead you into sort of secondary sort of top of primary secondary right, okay. and i'm hoping that that will very exciting yeah i want parents to because it'll be fun because it's not about teaching them engineering no no it's just you know sort of like lighting their curiosity and yes. see where it goes yeah so hopefully like something like tension might lead them to take a walk and look at spider webs in the you know amongst the foliage or yeah um take a walk along the south bank and look at this the the, the lovely suspension bridges we've got you know yeah um and just 
drawing and curiosity. I mean, that's what, I mean, people talk about Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, someone asked me to give a talk about the link between him and engineering, which I, uh, at the, the museum in, in Kuala Lumpur. And, and what came across to me is he was curious. Yes. And children are curious. Yeah. And all you have to do to shut off their curiosity is to not feed it. Yeah. You know, and so if you concentrate on one and you, you neglect, you just, you're, you're just pigeonholing them, dare yes. I say, or you're, you're one-tracking them, you know? Well, they say by the time that um, a child is seven, it has already, it's it's already decided its career path. Not that it knows what not it's going consciously, to do. consciously, yeah. Not consciously, but the life experiences and what it's exposed to and what it's told it's good at and it, all of these things are formed mm. by the time they're seven. Yeah. So if you start introducing engineering when you're 16 and you're going to go to university, you, you forget it. It's just way no. too late. So It'll getting it into that's very early years education yeah. Yeah. is going to help. It's that exposure to something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's not, it's again, it's not about teaching them something. It's just... Yeah exposing yeah making it available to yeah. them those that are interested might be interested i mean i've had some you know i've looked for feedback i've got reviews on the books i've been trying to see what age group you know some people have told me oh well then i think this is more for a, a, a nine-year-old yeah and someone else has told me that their three-year-old is fascinated yeah by by the books um i think different children are different and it'll, they'll take different things away from it yeah i think our job as parents um, and as educators, those of us, is just to keep all options open. Yes. You know, not by default, by our own biases or our own... Um, ignorance is, is, is a word that's always taken very negatively, but, you know, you don't... You know what you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So, you know, it's just... Um, it's just about keeping those doors wide open yeah. so that the kids can, yeah. can sort of say, ooh, Oh, that oh, that's not on the mainstream, but oh, that's, that's interesting. there's interesting. Yeah, and 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 look into it. Yeah, yeah, they're limitless. Yeah, the kids are limitless. That's so exciting about the books, and we are going to work on that together. Um, we're trying to get together packs to send into schools, school, um, yeah. primary schools, and so we're going to kind of watch that space and see what happens. Yeah, there. that's exciting. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about that I wanted to ask you your experiences yeah. of um, is about pay transparency. Mm. So quite often we'll experience that um, men in certain positions and um, women in the same position, but there'll be there will be quite a difference in pay. Mm. Now, um, com a lot of companies have a policy where it's um, transparent salaries, which is just absolutely brilliant as it should be. But they're still in the private sector. Huge reluctance to do this. Have you ever had a situation or faced the challenge that you know full well that you're earning mm. less than your um, male counterpart or, and, and had to challenge a company with that? And how did you handle that situation? Have you experienced that? Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of stories about pay, oh, yeah. I mean, some sort of from one side to the other. And so um, when I was younger and I decided to go down the stretches route when I uh, first applied for a job, I had a pay in mind because while I was um, reading my master's in Imperial, I was offered a job with that pay. Right. But I didn't take it because I felt morally obliged to go back to the company that had given me the the scholarship, even though I wasn't tied in any way. But when I and I, the only tie I'd said to them was make sure you pay me what I'm worth. But I went back to a terrible pay, 
Right. So much less than what you've been offered. Uh, much less than what I've been offered. Okay. So and when I decided them at that time. Well, yes, but it was sort of like ha ha ha. You know, right. Laughed off like you know. I mean, even though there was no actual contractual tie, it was the implication was you should be grateful. Okay. Because you know, uh, and and you know, I sort of followed that old traditional way. But when I wasn't getting my training and I decided to leave and I was going to go down the structures route, I had that figure in my mind because even though that was like a couple of years on. Yes. And the company that I that interviewed me and took me on, apparently, I didn't know this until I joined them, they had a transparent pay policy right. that everybody's pay was in files in the reception and you could go and look at them. So I, I hadn't been aware of that. and. Um, the first few months I was there, I found so it, it was, was hidden transparency. It was hidden transparency, <laughs> but you know, but what I found odd was that the way I was being treated, you know, it was a bit like you know, like as if I might bite the head off or something, you know. What by your the people by you my were, colleagues, your colleagues, yeah, right, by okay. my colleagues, and uh, it wasn't until I went for one of the proverbial drinks at the pub, which I didn't often go to, but went to one, and one of my colleagues got a little bit merry decided to tell me, oh, you're not at all like we thought you'd be like. And I said, what do you mean? They said, oh, we thought you are going to be a right bitch. He was a male colleague, yes. you know, because you demanded this salary and we all had to have our salaries put up because you demanded that salary. So that was a different, wow, different okay. one. I thought, wow. I said, God, they must have really <laughs> wanted me then. Yeah. So that was a, a nice one, if you like. Um, um, and then, you know, that's when you're young and you're on this trajectory and you think everything's great. But then later on in life, um, I was finding that, you know, particularly after I'd had my son and I was being overlooked for these positions, mm. that meant the salary didn't go up yeah. as much yeah. either. Yeah. And, um, and it was a breath of fresh air when I started working contract because straight up we talk about what's your pay per yes. hour. You know, and and you get paid for every hour you work. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I had had to be put up with the jokes of oh, it's Friday, Chelsea's here with her wheelbarrow again. You know, but I just laugh it off. Yeah, didn't care. You know, if if I didn't work, I didn't get paid for that yeah. hour. If I was off sick, I didn't get paid. But if yeah. I worked, I got paid. Yeah. And as long as I got the job done, nobody, you know, they could laugh at me about my wheelbarrow uh, that they thought I was raking in. But that was fine. So when it came to going back into the you know, sort of employment sector, I had no idea what, you know, they were offering me a director position. I had no idea what the pay should be. Yeah. And you can look in glass ceiling and, uh, and all yeah, those glass other... Door. Glass door. Yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. Other places, but it's, it's such a it's, range. It's really, they are almost impossible. Um, and there are recruitment agencies, Hayes, I think, produce a salaries banding, which yeah. you can look at, but... I've looked at them and, and I've thought, well, I don't actually, I don't know where they get their information from because I don't think it's very reflective of actually the markets. Yeah. So yeah. I think that doesn't really give you a very helpful guide. There isn't really anywhere you can go, yeah. which is why salaries should be transparent. Exactly. So, I mean, in, in, in my younger days, I didn't necessarily just fit a role. They sometimes produced a role for me. Yeah. And, and then as long as I got paid what I could afford to live on and I just took it as... All I could then see was that I wasn't getting progression. Um, so this time when it came round, I really didn't have a clue. I was shopping around and, you know, asking people, like, you know, I'm sure yeah, I, I think we had you. a conversation about yeah. it, yeah. And, and it, particularly with this company, they had, they had a weird structure. It wasn't just a salary. It was other th shares and things like that. And it was 
quite complex and so I knew what I needed and I yes it was technically a step down from what I earned on paper but I had other you know things yes. like um, a pension and stuff like that which I had to buy myself you know when I when I worked contract and I'd sort of said this figure and and I was told oh no um, that won't quite work with the way we do things it'll be like this and and it didn't sound right but it, it went on for quite a while and in the end I thought well look can I live on this and you know you've made this decision to go back and invest yeah. yourself in a company and I and I and I went for it yeah within weeks I was putting projects together and 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 you set up the project you get everybody's rates and costs yeah and then it was very evident that I was being very underpaid that was a horrible horrible feeling yeah. like you know um, I'm I'm a very technically competent engineer yes. I have years of excellent experience why was I being undervalued this way it, it really it's very personal yeah the, that's one of the questions that yeah. um, I asked um, somebody else as well is how, how do you deal with that because yeah. actually that, that's really tough you're going into work every day you'd, you'd spoken to them about the salary before you started and then to discover I'm not being paid what I'm worth here yeah. and actually I can look at the salaries and there's only one reason why I'm not getting the money that I should mm. be mm. how I mean did you cope with that by in the end just voting with your feet as so many people have to do well I actually decided to fight did you and at the same time that this company was putting out videos saying how you know they were work, you know going to be transparent I was being told they could not tell me what somebody of my age and that the salary was because though you know when you look at you know like they said to me when you look at rates so oh, those rates include other things and mm. you know and you know but I'm a fairly intelligent person you can yeah. work out what yeah. they do you know because we set up projects all the time we know yeah. what multipliers we use for charge out rates yeah, and absolutely you know and, and I could pretty much figure out what people were on and yeah. some people actually said to me Chelsea that's horrible I'm on this yeah you know and and were willing to to speak up for me and how were you were you treated through the process because that's mm. you know that's the other thing is and um, you have to be fairly brave to go and say yeah. i need to tackle this with you yeah. i need to have this conversation yeah and then actually that 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 there was a very good hr person that's in good. that uh, an excellent person uh, who was between me and then the upper management if you yeah. like and um, perhaps I only saw a percentage of what um, attitude she was getting back um, but yes it was a very good person and you know you do get these situations where there are people sympathetic to your situation but yeah. they're bounded by their bosses yeah. etc so yeah. you know it really needs to uh, and, and, and I know that she appreciated me and she wanted me to be there and she worked really hard yeah to, um, but you know I challenged her several times why can't I see the figures why, why am I not you know you have so-and-so saying making videos saying that you are being transparent but you're not. not and she said we are working really hard it hasn't come to this sector yet and I can't quite give you this and etc etc so um, yeah so it, it, it was improved um, you know and this was like within four months of me getting there I, I'd started this crusade and it took the whole year to get something and it was given in phases but you know, on a, on the other hand, I also got bonuses and things because of my performance. Yeah. But the starting point wasn't right, you no, know. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it didn't leave a great taste in your mouth. No, no. And I think that is 
it's the challenges mm. that are faced by women in engineering that don't it's just don't need to be there uh, yeah. you know the job is challenging enough by itself without this this these added pressures and these added challenge because you're women yeah and that is i mean to me i mean people ask me you know do you think you'd be discriminated because you're a woman or because of your color and i said it's it's really or because you're a parent is I don't it, know. I'm me. Yeah. As far as my consciousness is, I'm a woman. I'm of color, and I, I was a single parent for a long. So it could have been all three, but yeah, and somebody yeah. could have picked just one of those. Yeah. But, so, but and, yeah. and 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 one of the uh, one of the examples I used about pay was a woman. So yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily just because I was a woman. Yeah. And 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 in the whole conversation, um, some of the attitude was, well, it's your power of negotiation. You didn't negotiate powerfully enough. So somehow it was your failing it was, it that was you weren't failing. good enough at negotiating. Yes. Which, well, you know, and you yeah. just think, yeah, again, you don't know what you don't know. No, exactly. And, yeah, uh, yeah and, and when you think about someone like me who has all this experience and the confidence, and yes. yet I'm still meeting this kind of You're thing. You're still battling. Yeah, yeah. I, I really feel for the, the, you know, someone with less confidence or less experience what they're going to be going through yeah um i really hope it's less than what i've i've gone through yeah but i still see such examples of yeah we still hear them yeah but yeah i mean um i've become a much more powerful negotiator since then yes Yes. But you know, at the age of what in my late 50s yeah mm, nah, it's just and you wouldn't have the tools or the life experience or the work experience at the age of 22 23 24 25 yeah. whatever to call people out which yeah. is why it has to become something that as an industry we yeah. set the standards exactly and they are carried through and and that's for everybody yeah and, and this whole thing about now well-being and all this mm -hmm. i hope it's true because there's another thing i can't stand is tick boxes yeah you know like oh you know we've got we've got a diversity person i've seen it so many times they choose someone who is from a minority they make that person the diversity diversity person and then the rest of the minorities never see that person come around or talk to them or ask them what yeah. you know because they're too busy still doing their full-time job yeah and and you know all they do is promote the hell out of that person yeah doesn't help the rest of the people no no that, there's that that happens uh you know uh well-being means being treated respectfully yeah. and that includes when in your salary yes. and you know being open about the pay and being valued as a person it's not all about money it's about how you're treated but yeah. let's face it we're not you know we're all in the business to earn our livings yeah. as well as you know hopefully at the same time feed our passions yeah absolutely yeah the whole subject is a, is a whole other subject isn't mm. it about work being a working parent paying for childcare you know, so it's, mm. it's, it, that is a such a challenge because childcare is so expensive. Yeah. But you want to go to work because there are so many more things that you can get from from work than just the the salary. But that's just yeah. so important. Yeah. You know, there's several sides to this because on the other side of it, um, this because this mum guilt thing. Yeah. Is as I remember, um, I I didn't know many people who had children that were professionals when I was when I had my son. Um, most of my friends were either single or they were uh, didn't without children or um, had partners and things. So I didn't really have anybody to to sort of vibe off, if yeah. you like. But I one of my friends had a single parent friend who was on benefits. Yeah, you know, and and in fact 
claimed benefits as a single mother, even though her partner did live with her and all that kind of stuff. But she had a right go at me. She had a right go at me telling me I was a terrible mother. Because you were... Because I left my son and went, yeah. went her, and, 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 and they were just getting ready to go on holiday, a holiday which I could not afford. And you're going to work every day. And I go to work every day as an engineer. And I couldn't afford that holiday, but they could. Yeah. And and then she was having a go at me, telling me I was a terrible mother. Oh, it was in so many ways so hard. Yeah. You know that that was yeah. to hear. Um, I'm not I'm not negating the issues that people have who are on universal credit now yeah. and working. But at that at that time, it hit me hard. Yeah. It made you think, what the hell? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. This is unfair. Yeah. Don't have a go at me. Yeah. Yeah. Was so. there anyone in your career that was like somebody you that inspired you mm. or um, that was a mentor? Um, was there a was there a woman engineer in your life that you just thought, yes, this person helped me. This person inspired me. Like mm. I know you have done for others. Also, so did you have that person? No, I I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. And I'm sad to say, sometimes I find w women don't make it easy for other women yeah i've seen that and in fact the one person who was most vocal against my four four day working week was a woman yeah and that and probably was because she hadn't got it maybe. Yeah. but and and that's one of the things i always say you know lift people up lift yes. people up whatever the gender whatever particularly if you if you know there but for the grace of you know lift people up and yeah. women should we should lift each other absolutely up. And there is sometimes, I think, that mentality of, like, you know, I question myself all the time. Yes, I had it hard. And yes, things are better. But I'm happy about it. We shouldn't think, oh, I've had it hard and I had to go through it. So you you need to, you know, you yeah, suck, suck it, it up, up and get yeah. on with it. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I think it's it's more right to say, well, no, let's make it better. Yeah, let's, let's set the standards high. Yeah. Let's so all, yeah. I, I did have, I mean, like, the mentor I mentioned, he happened to be, he, he was male. Yeah. Um, but, um, and some... I've got to say there's some great male engineers out there who do, you know, treat people equally and, and, and bring everybody along. And, yeah, you know, it's individuals, isn't it? It's individuals. Yes. But I, I'm definitely sure we, we all have our unconscious biases and it's really up to us to challenge them yeah. and just not assume. Yeah. Give people the opportunities. I know it's so difficult because nowadays oh, there's so much... Uh, I don't like cancel culture. I don't like all this. You know, um, if you get it wrong and you just genuinely got it wrong and you say, sorry, I, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. I wish people would just let it go because some people say, oh, by asking the question, you're putting them under stress. So, for example, um, do I feel that when I wanted to get my training, that guy had said, oh, I want to send you to the Outer Hebrides um, to this site. Um, would I feel stressed and feel, oh, my God, I have to take it? No, I would just ask myself, do I want to put myself through that because yeah. I want this training and yeah. decide whether I could do it or not? Yeah. It's my choice. Yeah. You know, so I don't think offering somebody should be a source of stress. Yeah. You know, like how dare you are but you do get that sometimes nowadays with the culture nowadays is how dare you ask me that that question, you know, of, of I think it's more difficult now to challenge people, um, you know, in it as well, which I mm. think um yeah, I think that's, and that's important with engineering, that you can challenge people. Yes. And um, that's really important. And I think that's uh, become much more difficult yeah, um, and, and to that, do that. That is, that is a point. So the whole point about engineering, especially when you're pushing the envelope, 
is like for special services or when when you're trying to do some you know some doing something that somebody hasn't done before you can't fall back on this code or that you have to do your own modeling you have to test those parameters and because most of the time you're talking about you know a people's health and safety when you're building something or providing something you need to test those things vigorously mm. and um and that's part of technical argument and that's yeah. another thing i'm finding nowadays is you know oh oh it sounds negative or you know it, it sounds like oh you maybe or you know you don't know how um you don't know how intimidating you are Shelby that you might um you know um it might come across as um intimidating i am a person who yes i have strong feelings but i'm never rude i believe and you know always give people a chance to to talk and i always ask people what do you think yeah how do you you know but nowadays the whole technical argument and and um technical rigor of testing things is taken far too personally yeah you know it's a solution it's you know it may feel like your baby but it, it is a solution <laughs> and some things need to be tested and yeah. if it's the right solution it will stand the test yeah and and then you'll be stronger for it and yeah. and you'll be more confident for it yeah you know so these are some of the things that i think we've become sometimes yes this is an old fashioned maybe i might be called old fashioned but um sometimes you have to call a spade a spade thank you so much um for uh, meeting with us and chatting with me today um we'd really want to continue these series of videos is there anybody that you could recommend for us to speak with yeah i think i think my ex colleague and friend jovana yeah. um who is a brilliant structural engineer who is also now a uh, fully trained and accredited coach great would be an interesting person to talk to because you know you, we all have to navigate our careers and um speaking to someone who is a trained coach and who also understands the um industry yeah. i think it'd be a useful thing perfect thank you very much oh, my pleasure thank you for listening to our podcast in our she's an engineer campaign join me again for my next episode with emily owen associate hydrologist for slr consulting